VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. brown girl, you Hi guys, my name is Tamika Newhouse, best-selling author of Sugar Hill and the publisher of Delphine Publications, and you are tuned to Traces of Mika Season 2, The Other Side of Healing. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Brittany the Brand. I'm on set right now with Traces of Mika. I'm here with Tamika Newhouse. Hey, my darling. How are you, love? I'm pretty good. I'm anxious about our conversation. I know, me too. How's filming been going today? Uh, filming has been pretty good. It was, uh, it definitely, I, I talked with the gentleman earlier today, mm-hmm. and it definitely got passionate mm-hmm. about our roles and our needs as men and women. So today's film was really good. I'm, I'm in good spirit. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm Good job. Good. Good, good. Well, I'm happy to be here with you. Your success is incredible. We've had Thank conversations you. before. Yes. yes. And I'm sure much has happened since we talked last. Yeah, a little bit some, a little bit 2020's been a little uh, rocky for all of us, so it I'm has. like, I know you had to have been hit with some things. Yeah. So how has it been since we spoke last? Well, uh, for me, 2020, it, it really solidified for me that I'm not crazy, <laughs> although I really kind of am. But since I was 23, I've been yearning to live this life that I wanted. Mm -hmm. I wanted to control my day. I wanted to do the things I wanted to do. I did not get up. I like getting up early in the morning. Um, I don't like taking orders. And I've been working hard since I was 23 to make sure that's never part of my existence. And so when 2020 hit, I was like, oh, I was right. I had already been living the life I wanted. Like I've been an entrepreneur now 12 years. I haven't had to work a job at all. I don't have to get up if I don't want to. And so when the pandemic took over and, and the world shut down, my world, my immediate space didn't change. And I've been riding it out ever since, just staying focused, doing my work, creating, watching TV, um, doing my walks. Like it's just been, it's been about the same. And and I've been able to even gain new partnerships and business opportunities just because a lot of people are, are paying attention more, we're, we're having to sit down and not move around. So those conversations have been started and it's, it's been a blessing in disguise. I, uh, I guess you can say, cause it's the pandemic. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad has happened, but I, I, I've made sure to design a life I've wanted. So I've been blessed to not have a pandemic interrupt my life. And with everything going on right now, the creatives are being watched, you know, really heavily because people need that release. People need that, you know, that positivity. Yep. And it's beautiful to see artists thriving right now. They really are. It's kind of dope. Like growing up, 
I, well, I always knew I was going to be this full-time arthritis. That's what mm. I used to call myself. <laughs> and I told my mother but at 12, I was going to move to Atlanta. I was going to be this full-time writer. And this is what I was going to do. I even used to have these dreams, these visions of sitting in a cafe, drinking coffee, writing on yeah. something. Now, this is like the mid-90s. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have internet. I didn't even like coffee. But I saw these dreams. And I was I knew that was going to be me. I'm just in some cafe drinking coffee and it was disgusting and I just knew that it was weird but I felt like that's what I was going to be doing like that was me and here I am years later I sit in cafes writing on what is now a laptop mm -hmm. you know utilizing what is now on the internet creating these stories and, and, and helping other writers put their stories out so it's I think it's all about manifesting the things that you want in spite of your circumstances like you can want these things you can you can visualize these things but then realistically and logically what do you need to do to make them happen right so yeah. having that birth of this idea before you even really knew what that idea was how was your first project and your first book what was that like I was 12 when I wrote my first book mm -hmm. and I wrote it because I was bored I didn't have friends I wasn't like this active human being i was very you know like in a shell so i wrote this book called nothing to lose um and for me it was fulfilling it was normal it was natural and i shared it with classmates and they read it and they enjoyed it and for me these characters existed like i used to i would dream about them wonder what they was doing again y'all i'm crazy <laughs> um i would wonder about you know what they up to or you know what would they like be like now with it being 20 years later um and for me, it's always being about escaping my world when creating another world. Because in this space, in reality, God controls all. The universe is, is what you put into and when, what you can possibly get back. But at the end of the day, you share the space with other humans. So I don't have control sometimes of destiny or, or circumstances. But in my book, I control everything. And so as a child with not a lot of friends, that was fun. Controlling the world, you know, that I created. I was God, you know, in my book. So writing Nothing to Lose and then turning around um, and writing The Ultimate No-No three weeks after my mother passed, it's still the deal for me. Okay. Like creating those characters in The Ultimate No-No helped me live in a sense. Life sucked. So again, I tapped into what I could control, which was my characters. And yeah. what kind of tone did you choose to take with the ultimate no-no? It was always me. Like, I write from first person. So, a lot of my stories and my writing are inspired by my own emotions. Mm -hmm. It may not be ex real experiences, but my thoughts, you know, my fantasies or things I've witnessed, they all end up in my story. So, it, for me, it's more so just like a reflection of me in a sense. And I'm not technically lying. Um, I'm just, you know, imagining things and then sharing them with people. Yeah. Is that the creative process fully or are there things that you do specifically to create these these characters and these storylines? That's the creative process, mm -hmm. honestly. Like if, if I wanted to sit down and, and be technical with it, I could. Mm -hmm. I can write a story. I can create a life. Yeah, I can create emotions. For me, it's like easy yeah. but because i am an emotionally driven creator i create now in other ways and just you know with literature mm -hmm. uh, i create experiences i create podcasts 
and I create these conversations. Yeah. Uh, I do exp- uh, events, and these events, like my Black Writers Weekend Festival, it helps create relationships, uh, and people are able to create memories by just coming to this festival. And I'm able to create connections for them or put them in a room uh, where they can create or manifest their opportunities. Mm. Like, God damn, for me, I'm playing God again. Like, it's, it's, it's something like um, I'm able to still um, create emotions and, and, and characters, in a sense, without actually writing. So now I, I, I don't write as much, but I still create stories. And I still, you know create those emotions behind those stories so I don't know if that answers the question <laughs> no it definitely does <laughs> and with Black Writers Weekend and having that ability to you know kind of help these people find these relationships how did that even come about and you know how did you incorporate other people into that oh well how did the idea of the festival come about mm-hmm. well okay so it it, it, it started with discovering self-publishing mm-hmm. And for me, self-publishing, for me, meant power. Because I had this dream when I was 12 that I was going to write these books. I was going to be this famous full-time author. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew that it was going to happen. What my society or, I guess, people around me failed to do was tell me that I could do it myself. I thought that I had to get a book deal. I thought I had to achieve some goal or uh, get a, some type of connection. But somebody else had to make it come true. I know I can do it. And so when I discovered um, self-publishing, basically they said you could do it yourself. And I was like, wait a minute. I can make my own dreams come true? That's kind of tight. So I did it. And then I was so excited about it that, you know, I, 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 I did the most. I was traveling everywhere. I was telling everybody about my book. And I gained so many, you know, awards and recognition and a book deal just from being passionate about dreaming out loud, like my dream came true. And so for me, um, being a writer, I wanted opportunities to be recognized too. I wanted to be praised because my, my books was bomb. So <laughs> I thought, and I'm like, the same writers get recognized or awarded every year. And at that point, we maybe had Essence Magazine. They had the Essence Best House List, Black Expressions. You have the NAACP Image Awards. Um, and you have a uh, like the National Library Award. You have these National Book Awards, but they recognize those that are mainstream. Like it's easy for their foot to get into the door. And this is before the internet, so I'm like, cool. If they're not gonna let people like me be recognized, they're not gonna let me in the room. Fuck it, I'm gonna make my own room. So I made the AANBC Literary Awards in '09 solely because I wanted writers like me to have a chance to become award winning. That ended up becoming and manifesting into what it is today, where now we honor people like Nikki Giovanni. Then I was like, okay, I want writers to be able to sell books and be able to connect with readers. Cool. So I created uh, a book festival around the award show, which is now Black Writers Weekend. And now I'm, I'm able to put writers like me in a room with readers they may have never been able to meet otherwise. Mm-hmm. I put them in a room with agents and directors and screenwriters so they can get their books adapted. Um, or they can learn the skill set. They attend these workshops, or they're able to pitch their books to people that work for BET and TV One and and all these Hollywood execs and Netflix. And I'm like, man, I don't even have these deals. <laughs> I'm doing this shit for wow. y'all. You know, like this shit. Like for me, this yeah. is this is how I'm able to 
still tell stories and create a world that not only I control, but I'm still able to create those emotions, give back and, you know, and have people experience these great things because I wanted it. So why not share it? You put this character here and they did this. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really are creating storylines and that's incredible to do off pages. And so when you think of like the risks that you've taken, is there anything that you would risk that maybe you haven't or are you not willing to risk anything for, you know, your career as far as like moral sake? Ah, that's first. I'm, I'm never going to not. I'm never going to do something that's morally wrong. I don't have the capacity to just do people dirt. Mm. I don't even know how to technically do that. I don't know how to manipulate people. If that's the case, I would be way further, I feel, <laughs> in my career. I would be like, you know, them Instagram models with them bulk bodies and carrying them babies around with accessories. Like, I probably would have been like that. Like, out of touch, you know, buying labels, you know. Um, you know, people can rent out fake jets. And act like they on a jet plane and like just post it in front for the gram. I could easily be doing that. If I really wanted to be like fake witted and yeah. you know and conniving and mm -hmm. sneaky, that shit is easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I'm in Atlanta, you know, you, you're able to kind of just say whatever you want to say. Like, I done met so many damn celebrity stylists, so many damn celebrity directors. Like everybody's celebrity up in here. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't I don't know how to technically do that. I just know how to just be me. And me is, I don't know. I just like to just make people feel good. Um, I did risk, or not technically risk, I sacrificed a lot of my own journey for other people to dream out loud too. Mm -hmm. And when I say I sacrificed, it was more so my time, my resources, whether it be a relationship or financially, I, I dedicated and I devoted a lot of my time to other writers. Um, I published well over 200 and so books across maybe 40 different writers. I've helped a lot of writers self-publish and start their, their publishing companies or build their brands. And I enjoy that part because I think it's dope. They don't have, for often, we don't have the knowledge to go that extra mm -hmm. step. We can write a book, but we don't necessarily know how to get people to, you know, to know about it. Mm -hmm. And I know, I, I know how to break down the process and logically, you know, make it work for you. Because my journey is not going to be yours, but I can help you how to identify what your journey could be. And so helping writers to kind of maneuver in that space, I don't, for me, it's like, that's a part of me. Like, I, I love to create, but a part of me loves to also give back and, and likes to kind of nurture and mentor and guide and and I sacrificed a lot of my journey doing that. What I had to learn was the, the people to do it for, though. Because mm -hmm. I was doing it for anybody that, that said the right thing. You know, people would give you these speeches all day, every day. Tamika, I, wa I want it. You know, I'm going to do my parts. Um, I'm going to be dedicated. I'm going to be a team player. And half of them was bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. Like they would just, and I'm, you know, I'm still the girl from Texas. I'm trying to see the best in everybody. So you tell me you want it. Cool. I'm going to give you a chance. Why not? Man, that was not technically the, the best decision. So I had to learn that everybody doesn't deserve a yes from you. I had to learn that part. So it wasn't technically a risk. It was more of a sacrifice. And moving forward, I'm just more wiser 
with the people I choose to to dedicate my time to. So I still mentor, I still, you know, lead and publish and do all these great things, but I'm not 23 no more mm-hmm. just starting out in this business. I'm about to be 35. So I'm way more wiser when it comes to identify people being genuine, you know? So if they answer the question. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you think about taking a risk for yourself, can you think of a time where you took a risk for yourself and it paid off in a huge capacity and you're like, that's one of those memorable moments? Oh, wow. Let's see. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I've taken a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is why I've been able to maintain my entrepreneurship full time for now 12 years. Because being an entrepreneur does require taking risks. You can't be in a space to be comfortable. Like when you're being comfortable, you're not growing. You're not right. making new moves. So I've made a lot of different strategic risk and so it can be from financing the the AABC awards out of my own pocket it could be from um, financing a lot of my early writers under Delphine Publications out of my own pocket I invest a lot of my own money in the beginnings of my companies because people don't technically want to invest in things they don't quite understand right and I'm talking about black books and black stories yeah Ain't nobody trying to, we wasn't trying to, you know, invest in our stories back then. Right now, black is hot, black is trending. It's a cool thing. Like, it's cool. (laughs) But when I started, wasn't nobody really trying to just pour us, you know, funding. Mm -hmm. So I really had to create, you know, the, what I wanted to exist for us. I had to fund it too. Because wasn't nobody trying to do it. So I'm funding it. Um... I'm being the face of it. I'm pulling in the resources. I'm getting mm. the media. And, and and then on the day of, or the weekend of, I get to sit back a little bit. A little. <laughs> and watch everybody work. Like, there these people making connections over here. This person's on the red carpet for the very first time. This person just won an award. They've never won anything before. This magazine just got introduced to this new writer. I'm seeing all these new things happen. And I'm like, okay, cool. It was worth it. It was worth it. I spent about 30000 Oh, but it was worth it. I was spending some money. I was spending a lot of money just believing in us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's it's something I don't quite, um, I don't regret it because it put me in position to have conversations with people that I wouldn't probably been able to be in a room with. I'm talking to, you know, directors and investors that work with Netflix and all these other brands and own network and I'm able to meet people that I saw on TV, you know, growing up because I put myself, I, again, I didn't wait. Just like with my book. I put right. my own book out. I ain't wait for nobody to put me in the room. I did some things mm. to put myself there. So it's all about just, I don't know, divine order. So it, it kind of have like its own tip for tat a little bit. It's yeah. pros and it's cons. Do you have anybody that you look to as a reference of like your inspiration when it came to your writing or why you wanted to start writing? Terry McMillan. Um, she was my early motivation. She was the only black woman back then doing it like that. She had she was publishing books and her books were being created film. That was like, and I told my mama, I'm gonna do that too. I ain't say I want to do it. I say I'm going to do that too. I'm gonna be just like her. Saying I was 12, so again, tenfold. And so, but now it's a lot of people that I technically inadvertently do not know they vote, motivate me, but they do mm-hmm. simply because. Um, and I'll take the award show weekend. So when Black Rise Weekend comes around, I'm I'm able to meet a lot of writers 
face to face. And they may tell me about their personal journeys and they may thank me or show their appreciation for this opportunity or for this environment. And for me, that gives me the, the assurance and the feeling that I need to keep going. Because, I mean, let's process it. Like, if I really were to just kind of just shut that space out, they would have not been able to experience that. Right. So, in a sense, it kind of makes it worth it. So, and, you know, that that's good enough for me. Like, because uh, I, I guess it's more about impact. Like, I can do a lot of things on my own. I know I can, you know, I can garner success. I've done movies and books and you know, I've had quote unquote what people strive to have where they don't have to go to a job. So mm-hmm. I've technically had the success that I wanted to, that I strive for. But I think what I really get fulfillment from and encouragement from is the fact that there is a space that people need and I'm able to kind of provide that and to do that for them. And so that kind of keeps me kind of, and then it makes me important. <laughs> and you know, they talk about, you know, authors and, and creators who do not help people get in anything anywhere, you know? Yeah. They're like, I am my own entity. You figure it out on your own. What about your life and your upbringing made you want to help people? Mm. See, I think my creative side or just my big visions um, benefit people as a whole. It wasn't that I was growing up and saying, I want to just help people. <laughs> I want to lead them. I want to give them the answer in the way. I wasn't trying to do that. Um, I just think that the way that I think and I visual, how I visualize, you know, the things I want to see, it benefits more than just me. So, yeah. It just happens. To- it just happens to help other people. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So tell me about your vision for yourself going forward. I mean, you've already done so much, but is there anything that you haven't tackled or that you've got your sight set on right now? I would love to, um, although I've had some professionally, let me talk about professionally, because okay, I'm about to go somewhere else with it. Um, there's a, there's a, a story that I feel like I want to see on a big picture that hasn't been created just yet. So I know there's a, a film project that for me would be transitional for me in my career. Um, I also, um, because I'm a mother and it comes first, uh, my son is now going to be 14. So I have about four more years before he is going off to college. My daughter just turned 18. She's off living with her dad. And so I don't quite have an empty nest. So I'm not able to live, you know, around the world like I visualize. So those are some things that I want I want to write and travel and then settle. And then write, travel, and then settle. Like <laughs> like I just want to yeah. keep doing that and then perish. Like what else did I do? I'm gonna be gone after that. So that's really what I want to do. I think that would be my whole um full circle of just happiness where I'd be fulfilled and and I'm I'm hoping, you know, I'm sharing that space with somebody that I love. And I'm able to grow with and what I'm able to share my ideas with. And we have this great partnership. And so I'm hoping that that happens and I'm manifesting that. Like I'm manifesting the career that I want. <laughs> How so. important is manifestation? For me, I don't live without that. Like for me, um, I've seen way too many times where my words are powerful. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, I'm very intentional. 
because I don't like to be unhappy and I don't like to live the days that I don't want to experience. I don't want to be around people that I don't want to be around. I don't want to be in a relationship that I don't want to be in. Um, I don't want to live a certain way. I I want certain shit. So until I'm I'm able to, if I don't have that, then that's what I'm I'm yearning for. If I'm in something I don't like, I'm I separate it. Like I'm just I'm good with cutting it off because I don't want that. For me, living life daily, truly unhappy, being around or being around somebody you do not want to be around. Me practically, that does make sense to me. Why are you doing that? Why don't you do something different? I don't mind, you know, the, what, what comes after the fact. Because choosing you and choosing your happiness does have its sacrifices. You do have to go through, you know, because people are going to be resistant to you choosing yourself. Are you strong enough to deal with that? Hmm. Are you strong enough to deal with people being upset with you because you're not doing what they want? How you going to feel about that? I'm cool. I'm straight sitting by myself create being my own world a lot of people don't know how to deal with that and some people just choose to just give people what they want and they walk around angry upset bitter i don't want to do that so if that's not if it doesn't align with my happiness and peace yeah so i mean that's easy so taking that and putting it in the whole black young entrepreneur black young female you know writer or you know how do you or what do you say to those women who are trying to be creative but they're being told what they should write about or that this is too strong or this is too heavy this is too much you know what is your advice to them when they're just looking for an outlet and they want it to be received creatively only hmm my advice is to that um again i'm gonna take it back to logic because my logic is, does it make you happy? Does it make you feel good? Do you like it? Is it going to help you grow? Is this good for you? Like, let's logically break this down. Um, and if you are creating something that people don't quite understand or you're, you're communicating or you're sharing your story with people who don't understand or they don't want to support it, they don't want to publish it, um, they don't want to invest in it, Cool. Does that mean that it's not going to be created? That means you shelve it? That's what we're doing? That's the answer? Because for me, I'm like, okay. Right. Find another door. There's a door. It may just not be the easier route. It may not be the one that you wanted to take. Still do it. Like, what are we doing? Like, I, I see people, and I've seen, and I've talked to people often where... They talk about their circumstances or, you know, the lack of. And I'm like, okay, well, what's the solution? I get it. It's hard. It sucks. I get it. Somebody rejected you. It didn't work out that way. Cool. Do you still want to do it? Is it something that you still want? Cool. What's some other options? Let's break it down. And the option may be, you know, far off. What is a small step to get there? Come on. It's possible. But what does it look like for you? And I mean, it takes a certain type of individual to go through the process of getting to their happy. And a lot of people want the shortcuts. A lot of people are going to get knocked down and say, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to be doing this. And they go back into their routine and they're unhappy. And I'm looking at them like, what the fuck? Okay. 
You're going to walk around and be unhappy, but you're not going to change it? I don't want to be around you. You're going to be negative and stuff. You're going to mess with my energy. I'm good. Let me go on. What you talking about? That's what I would do. Because mm -hmm. it, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, I mean, you just have to discover the solution. Create those steps. Break it down. Make it simple. Make it plain. It's going to take time. It doesn't happen overnight. But it will happen. Because you're doing the steps. That's my advice. Sounds pretty ABC to me. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It really is that simple. It may not happen quickly, yeah. but yeah. So, from what do you what do you want to see in twenty twenty one from writers and creatives? What would you like to see from people? It's already happening. It's pretty cool too, though. Um, and I, I I hate that it's in a time period where we're in the Trump era and there's so much uh, separation and so much you know, toxic behavior that's being displayed on social media. It's so much dis disruption within our government. Um, but black is trending. Everybody want to be black. Even, you know, non-black women want to look like black women. Everybody want to get a skin. Everybody want to get our curves. But what they cannot have is our story and our history, which is why you see all these studios and these streaming channels now acquiring our stories. You now see screenwriters on the covers of the magazines because they're talking about the writer of the story. They're now identifying a little bit more with us and they're putting it out there. That's dope. It's happening. So I think more of that will happen. Um, and then for personally for me, that's going to make it easy for Black Writers Weekend to grow. <laughs> so y'all come on out every summer. We're going to you know, talk about books and movies and all that stuff. And I can't wait for 2020. I know. And then we, we come right back. There. Yeah, we, we will be here at 21. Um, back in Atlanta, more signings, more um, parties. We bringing back Urban Book Bash. Because Atlanta ain't never closed anyway. Atlanta been open the whole time. Not to say I've been out, y'all, cutting up. But I'm just saying, I peeped it. Right, you saw it from the window. Okay? Yeah, from the window. Yeah, I was on the outside. <laughs> I was at home. You know, not really. What do you want people to look for that you have coming out? Uh, well, I'm still writing a little bit. So Sugar Hill 2, part two will be coming out. Um, I'm also um, creating films and short films that I'm going to be putting out there. And, and then this podcast, we're adapting a series behind Tracy Zamika. So it'll be a, a drama series that I'm really, really excited about that I'm going to be developing. And, and I don't want to produce that independently, so mm -hmm. it will be sold. So anybody who's listening and interested in, you know, in learning more, I'm putting it out there. Manifestation. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it's just a lot more of our stories are going to be on a big screen and, and on a small screen. A lot more of our podcasts will be developed. A lot more black, black, blackity, black, black, black. I'm loving it. And where can we find all of your projects and your social yes. media? So again, uh, Trace Zamika, you can find Trace Zamika on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, on my website, TamikaNewhouse.com, and everything is my name, Tamika Newhouse. You can also Google me, which is pretty dope because I look really <laughs> important on Google, y'all. Um, and then go to Barnes & Nobles and Amazon and get my books. I got some really good books out there. I wrote The Ultimate No-No's, four yes. parts. Uh, I wrote Kisses Online, it's two parts. Plain Jane, two parts. And Plain Jane is my nasty book. It's for the grown folks. Um, and then the words I didn't say is my, my favorite romance that I've written. So, and that's two books too. So I have like 16, 17 books. Go and check that out.
Check it out. All right, you've got some real reading material for the yeah, rest of the year. Yeah, I talk, I talk some good shit, but I write good books too. So go, <laughs> you know, get those. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rennie, for being a part of this. Of course, of course. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you all for watching. Of course, you can see me on Instagram at Brittany the Brand. That's B-R-I-T-N-I-T-H-E-B-R-A-N-D. You can also catch my articles and interviews at Sheen Magazine. Shout out yes, to Sheen. Yes, shout out to Sheen. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>